Hey, wasn't that good? Wasn't that good? Every week we're in the uh, we're in a series called "Don't Give Up," and so every every week we're going to ha- uh, hear stories uh, from people uh, right here at Summit of how God has has worked in their life, how they just held on to Him, held on to His grace, and, and did not give up. Uh, maybe when everything around them uh, screamed to do that, and they just didn't give up. So, Jamie, I don't know where you're at this morning, but uh, that was awesome. So we just want to thank you for that. That's good. Let's give it for up for a moment time. Man. That's good stuff. Um, we're going to pray and, uh, and jump in this morning, all right? Let's, let's pray. Father, I thank you uh, for today. God, I thank you that you are already at work here in the room, Jesus. We don't have to invite you uh, to come here and meet with us because you are already here. You're already here in our midst. You're already at work. God, I thank you for the music and the testimony that we've already heard. And God, I believe that you're already speaking to people's hearts. And so, God, I just, I just want to just continue to ride the wave of what you're doing here. And God, I pray that, that over these next few moments you would speak to us in a very clear way because what we need more than anything, God, more than anything, what every single person in the room needs is Jesus. More of Him. Many in the room need Him for the very first time. So Father, I pray that when we all leave, none of us will be the same people we were when we walked in. Father, we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, hey, if you've got a Bible, let's open up to James uh, chapter 1. James chapter 1. We're going to be in verses 2 through 4. And uh, if you don't have a Bible, don't worry. The words are going to be up on the screen behind me. But as you're turning there, James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, here's what I want you to do. I need some, I need some audience participation. Uh, from you today. I need you to help me out with something, all right? Uh, Because we're a church, I need you to answer this uh, extremely spiritual question. I want you to look at your neighbor this morning. I want you to tell him really quick the answer to this. We only got a few seconds for you to pull this off, but I think you can handle this. I want you to look at your neighbor, and I want you to tell the person next to you what your favorite TV sitcom is, all right? Your favorite television situation comedy, go. Person next to you, do it right now, do it right now. Don't act all spiritual like you don't watch TV. We all know what you've been watching, all right? So go ahead and tell them right now, just a few seconds. Let them know. All right. There we go. Everybody's got something. All right. All right. There we go. All right. So 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 now so now you know that your neighbor watches trash, and some of you are praying for the people next to you. That's great. Uh, but think think about this with me. Think about this with me for just a second. Wouldn't it be great if life, if real life worked the way that life does on TV? Wouldn't it be awesome? I mean, wouldn't it be awesome if real life worked the exact same way as life works on your favorite maybe television sitcom? So that if you've got a problem, say, if you've got a problem, in 30 minutes, it's okay, right? In 30 minutes, whatever your problem is, your problem is solved. Or at worst, maybe there's a cliffhanger, we'll solve it next week. Or if it's going to be prolonged a little bit, we'll solve it in the first episode of the next season, right? I mean, if, if, if life worked that way, the way that it does on television... It would be great, it would be neat, it would be easy, but it doesn't, does it? Real life doesn't work that way. Real life is hard. I, I, heard, uh, I heard somebody say one time, I don't know who it was, but I heard somebody say that all you need to do is live a little and eventually you'll hurt. All, all you need to do is live a little bit and eventually, it won't take long, but eventually, sadness, pain, disappointment, are going to come right to where you live. And if you look at your life, you know that's true, don't you? 
If you, if you look at your life, maybe some things that you've been through, you know that that's the case. If you look at some things your family has been through, you know that that's true. Some of you, you don't even have to look at, uh, at things in your past. Some of you, if you just look at what you're going through right now, what you walked in the room from today, and what's going to be there when you leave in just a few minutes, if you just look at what you're experiencing right now, you know that's true. Because see, in real life, loved ones die way before we think that they should. In, in real life, you lose the job, even though you've worked hard at that job, you were good at that job, but in real life, the economy tanks and you get laid off so that one day you go to work and the next day you don't have to because you lost your job. In, in real life, marriage is in. In real life, you go to the doctor for a routine, regular checkup, and all of a sudden it turns in, they find cancer. Because life... And so here we are, we're, we're, we're in part two of our series, Don't Give Up. And, and what we're doing in this series is we're, is we're looking at how God calls us to, to persevere, to endure, to hang in there. And last week what we talked about is we saw, that God, we saw that we shouldn't give up because God won't give up on you. That's what we talked about last week. Today, today what we want to try to figure out, today what we want to answer is, is how do you keep going when life is hard? How, how do you keep going when pain has moved into your house? When, when hurt and sadness and disappointment, when that's your reality, how do you keep going in those moments? What do you do when that happens to you? When life is hard for you, what do you do? I'll tell you what some people do. Uh, some people, when life gets hard, they get angry. Maybe you're one of those people. You know those people? Maybe it's you or somebody that you know. When, when, a, when, a, when a painful situation comes into their life, they get angry. So they start to ask questions like, why me? Do you know these people? Why me? They get, they get angry at the person they think started the situation. Or they get angry at the situation itself. Even a lot of people get angry at God. But listen, if you're here, let me, let me tell you why anger doesn't work. Let me tell you why anger doesn't work. Because anger, even though it may make you feel good, even though it may make you feel good to run those situations through your mind where you get the last word, where you put that person in their place, it may make you feel good. But listen, anger, the only person anger hurts is you. The only person, it may make you feel good, but at the end of the day, anger only puts you in prison. Because if you let your heart give way to, to bitterness and resentment and anger, it makes your heart hard and ultimately it destroys you. And that's especially true when it comes to anger at God. I, I don't know if you, uh, I don't know your church background, maybe you've never been to church before, maybe you've grown, grown up in church, but I've heard people say this, you've probably heard people say this too. Um, and I don't know why people say stuff like this, but um, I've heard people say this. I'm talking about anger at God. I've heard people say, hey, it's all right to be angry at God. He's a big boy. He can take it. You know, God, God, God's God. He, he can take it. It doesn't bother him if you're angry at him. Let me tell you why anger at God is never an option. Let me tell you why anger at God is never an option. Here's why. Because anger, I don't know if you ever realized this about anger. Anger is always a judgment call, isn't it? Right? I mean, whatever you're angry at, you're angry because in your mind, that's not good, right? So here, so just if, if, you're, if you're not tracking with that, here's an example. Somebody cuts you off in traffic, you get angry, you want in that moment what? A tank, right? Right? You're, somebody cuts you off, you're angry at that moment, the best thing that you could possibly have would be a tank to let them know they don't mess with you. 
Why? Because in your mind, that was not right for them to cut you off. That was wrong what they did. See, anger at God says to God, and you look at your situation, Hey God, I've heard you're good, but not here. Hey God, I've heard you're faithful, but not in this one, man. You dropped the ball on that one. See, anger at God is never an option because even though you look at it and when you're in the midst of pain and trials and all that stuff, man, that's all that you can see. All you can see is your situation and what's going on. But here's why anger at God is never an option. Because that situation that you might be angry at God about, listen to me, you don't have the perspective on that situation that God does. So, so you see this situation and it makes you angry. It doesn't seem like it has a point. Listen to me. God exists outside of time. So not as, He's right there with you in that situation but God is also at the end of your situation he sees where that thing is going to take you his perspective is different than yours anger at God never works but some people get angry when life gets hard other people when life gets hard they just give up that's what we're doing this series they just give up and you can give up a couple of ways you can give up outwardly so that everybody sees it right life gets hard just, you just walk away from your friends. You just walk away from your family. Maybe you were active in church. You just walk away from church. You just walk away from God. And outwardly, we all see it because you gave up. You waved the white flag. You threw in the towel and you walked away. You can give up outwardly, but also you can give up inwardly. So that outside you look fine. You're still walking in the same circles you used to. But inwardly, say you come to church and you've given up on the inside. You sing the songs, but on the inside, God is suspect. You don't know if he's everything, you don't know if he's all cracked up as he used to be. You don't know if you can trust him like you used to. Inwardly, you've given up. But listen to me, neither of those is what God wants for any of you today. Neither of those is what God wants for any person in the room. So how can you keep going when life is hard? How do you not give up? When life is hard. Here's the one thing that that is going to keep you going when life is hard. The one thing that God wants you to remember when life is hard so that you'll keep going. Here it is. The one thing that you need to have so that you can keep going when life is hard is to remember this is a test. Remember this is a test. So now let's read James chapter 1. James chapter 1 I think it's going to be up on the screen also if you don't have a Bible. Um, and if you don't have a Bible at all, by the way, maybe you don't own one, we've got free Bibles there in the back of, to the uh, left of the auditorium. Take whatever you want uh, this morning. All right, James chapter 1, verses 2 and 4. Here, 2, three, two through 4. It says this, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. We'll come back to that. That uh, sounds kind of crazy. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Did you see the very first part of verse 2 there? I think, it, yeah, just leave it up there on the screen. That's crazy, the very first part of that, if you were tracking along with what we were reading there. Count it all joy when you meet trials? Who does that? Right? I mean, I mean, who, who in here knows somebody that when pain comes into their life, they say, Yes! I love pain. Bring it. Who does that? Right? I mean, you, you read that and it kind of sounds far-fetched. It doesn't sound like it's, it's reality. It doesn't sound like that can happen. And listen, the reason that you and I 
Maybe you're not like me. The reason that I have a hard time with that, maybe you have a hard time with that too, is because of this. When we read joy, when he says count it all joy, when we read joy, we think happiness. When we read joy, we think happiness, but listen to me. Happiness and joy are two different things. Happiness and joy are two different things. Let me unpack that for you. See, happiness, happiness is really shallow because happiness is based on your circumstances. You know that's true, right? You know happiness is based on your circumstances. That's why one, that's why one minute you can be happy and the next minute you're not happy, right? Happiness, might, it might be based on how good your circumstances are going, how you feel that day. So think about this with me. If I walk up to you, I see you here maybe at church or I will see you out somewhere in town. If I just walk up to you randomly and I walk up to you and I say, hey, are you happy? Number one, that would be weird if I just did that, right? I mean, you should slap me if I just walk up to you and say, hey, you happy today? That'd be weird. Number two, your answer to that would entirely depend on what you're going through, Right? I'm happy because everything's going my way. I'm happy because I feel good this morning. I'm not happy because some things have come into my circumstance and I don't like it. Happiness depends on your circumstances and happiness is shallow. But joy is different. Joy is different because joy is not based on your circumstances. Joy is, is deep. It's got roots. When the Bible talks about joy, it means that our joy is based on who God is. I mean, joy means it's based on who God is and what He's done for us so that even when our circumstances change, God never changes and I can have joy no matter what my circumstances are because at all times God loves me, God cares for me, God is faithful, He's always good to me. So joy is based on who God is and because God never changes, I can have joy no matter what. So, so trials, so when, tempta- or when, when trials, when pain, when sadness come into your life. See, a lot of people think that when hard, when hard things come, when life gets hard, the reason that happens is because God is mad at you, right? Or you've done something. Do you ever know those people who tell, think that way, right? You know those people. Maybe you tell your friends this. Maybe you're the worst counselor ever. I've had friends, I've, had, I've, I've known people who've told people this right here. They're going through something hard and somebody's looked at them and said this. What did you do? And they make that face like they're like they've got some, some gas or something, you know? What did you do? You know, as if some of you think this, as if God is in heaven waiting for you to blow it so that he can zap you, right? He's just watching you. Ha-ha! That's not how God works. That that's not what God does. See, trials, pain, hard times. They don't come into your life because God doesn't love you. It's because God loves you that when those things come into your life, you can have joy because you can know that God is going to use that trial, use that hurt, use that pain in your life for your good. In fact, that's exactly what he says in verse verse 3. He says this, For you know that the testing... There it is. There's our word. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. See, if you want to keep going when life is hard, you've got to remember this is only a test. Everybody say that with me. Everybody say this is only a test. Go ahead. You've got to remember that this is only a test. Now, see, I was thinking about this when I was putting this together. Um, If you're like me, uh, test is a really dirty word. You know what I'm saying? Test is a four-letter word you just don't say in my house. Right? Because when I was in school... When I was in school, I hated tests. 
I hated tests. Like, I would, I would melt physically in the chair when the teacher announced that we were going to have a test the next day. I mean, in my book, if I could choose test or flu, flu was a win, okay? Like, if I could just keep it and not take, because I hate tests. Some of you are the exact opposite. Some of you love tests. You get excited when the teacher announced that you're having a test, and you just need to know everybody hates you. Um, you, just need, you just need to know that. But see here, when, when, he, when he says this is a test, when he says that trials or, or, or difficulty is testing of your faith, it's a different kind of test than what we may think it is. It's actually a good kind of test because did you see what it produces? He says that this kind of test produces steadfastness. What is steadfastness? Steadfastness is persevering. Steadfastness is endurance. Steadfastness is not giving up. It's, it's this series. Steadfastness is not giving up. See, so when God, the way that God uses trials and difficulty and hard times in your life is that God brings those things into your life to build your faith, to strengthen your faith. God brings those things and He uses hard times and difficulties in your life to burn things off of you that you need to get rid of, to burn things off of you that need to go in your life that are potentially holding you back. God uses the difficulties and the pains of life to make you more like Jesus, to make you into a person that you wouldn't be had you not been through that trial. Watch this. We'll prove this to you. I'll prove this to you right now. Watch this. Everybody answer this question. If this applies to you, you answer this question by simply raising your hand. How many of you would say that it was during a difficult time in my life that I pressed harder into God? I, I depended on God more than I ever have in my life, and my relationship with Jesus grew in the midst of a trial. How many of you would say that? Raise your hand. Look at that. Hands are going up all over. All right, go ahead and put your hands down. Go ahead and put your hands down. How many of you would say, here's the last one, how many of you would say that you are a different person because of a specific trial that you went to, that had you not went through that trial, you might not be who you are today? How many of you would say that? Look at that, all over, all over. For me, I didn't grow up in church. Um, I didn't grow up in church uh, at, at all. And uh, when I was 18 years old, when I was 18 years old, a really good friend of mine was killed in a car accident. And the day that she died, I gave my life to Jesus. Uh, the day she died, uh, the pastor of the church that she, want, that she went to uh, asked all kinds of family and friends who just wanted to be together to come to that church. I'd never been to that church a day of my life until that moment. But I knew that if I didn't have Jesus, I was in trouble. So I gave my life to Christ. And this happens occasionally, and some of you, uh, we've got a lot of people who just gave their life to Jesus here in this, in this church. It's awesome what God is doing here, but this happens occasionally. Uh, um, when Jesus came into my life, uh, the, the crowd that I was running with did not, run, did not want to run with me anymore, you know? They all of a sudden started calling me Billy Graham and all that, and I punched him in the throat, and I'm just kidding. Um, so I lost that group of friends, man. I did, man. They just they didn't want to hang out with me anymore. And then and then all of a sudden I became really good friends with another group of people. At the church that I was going to, that same church that I got, I got saved in, and, and, and one guy in particular uh, became my best friend. One day he went to baseball practice. He just died instantaneously. 
stop. So if the lunch came back, he was getting out of a guy's truck and he was filming. Not too long after that, I had a really good friend whose mom was killed in a car accident. Just a couple months after that. And then a couple years later, that same friend whose mom was killed in a car accident, who was a great friend, a big influence in my life, he died. Those were horrible experiences. But I'm telling you, I would not be on this stage if I hadn't gone. I would not be on this stage, I wouldn't be standing in front of you had God not used pain in my life to refine me and to make me who I am today. And that's not anything special because we could have a line of people, you just said so by raising your hand, who have experienced the exact same thing. That God, that God used pain, He used difficulty, He used sadness in your life as a test. As a test, not a test where you pass, fail, but as a test to strengthen your faith. I mean, what would it do for you that the next time something didn't go your way, that you felt like your world was falling apart, that instead of just drowning in it, you could rise above it a little bit, and you rose above it enough to see, hey man, this is a test. I'm going to come through this stronger. I'm going to come through this a different person. God's going to use this in my life. God's not mad at me right now. He loves me so much. He's going to bring me through this. He's going to make me a different person. He's going to use me greater than He ever would have had I not experienced this pain because He's a good God. He's a faithful God. He's a trustworthy God. And even though this hurts, I will not give up. Some of you are here, Christian, you are here today. And what I'm describing, what we're talking about is what you want. You're about to get in your car. It's there waiting. You're going to go home and there it is. And I, I wish, what I wish is, is I, wish that they, I wish that sermons worked like TV. So that in 30 minutes, it's okay. But it's not. It's not. But I do believe that in just a few moments, even though you're going to leave, to the same situation you came in from, those of you who are here, you belong to Jesus, but you're hurting, I do believe that in just these few moments that we've been here, and in just a few moments that are ahead of us, God can so work in your life that even though you're going to leave to the same situation you had when you came in, you can see that situation differently. You can navigate that situation differently. And even though there you are, you're right in the midst of it, like never before, you can look at that when you leave in just a moment and realize, this is a test. God's not giving up on me. God's not abandoning me. He's in my boat. He's walking this with me. And not only is He walking this with me, He's already at the end of it. I'm not going to be who I, who I am right now when I get there. Because this is a test. Christian, I just took the stage today to tell you it's a test. That I know you're hurting. I know that life is hard right now. You say, how do you know? You don't know what I'm going through. Here's how I know. I know that the Son of God left heaven. And He came to a world that the Bible says hated Him. And He was 
rejected and abandoned by all of his friends. And, and then he, he went to the cross and he was tortured to death and he died. It was the darkest moment in history. So dark that even God the Father turned his back on God the Son. And, and it seemed like there was no hope. It seemed like it was never going to work out. It seemed like everything that everybody had ever thought about Jesus, it was over. But three days later, he burst out of that tomb. And he's alive right now. And so I can look at you, even though I don't know what you're going through, and say, listen, there was an hour, if you believe this, there was an hour that's darker than the one that you're going through. Listen, Jesus went through that hour for you. He went through that hour for you. And now as you walk through that, He's walking through that with you. And now as you walk through that, you're not there alone because one who has already walked that path is walking that path with you now. And He says to you, hey, this is just a test. I'm going to use this Some of you are here, you're, you're a Christian and everything is going great. Praise God. Praise God. You just look at your life and it just cannot get any better than what it is right now. But I'm telling you, this world is broken. And it won't take long for that brokenness to pull into your driveway. And listen, when it comes, would you just, would you just remember, hey, this is the test. This is it. God's, God's at work in my life. He's not giving up on me. God is at work in my life because this is a test. Others of you are here and you are not a Christian. You're not a Christian and, and you're going through something right now and, and maybe before you've always been able to handle it all on your own. Maybe before your strength was all that you needed and then finally here you are and it seems as if you can't pull this one off by yourself. Why is that? Because God wants to get you to a place so that you'll see for the very first time He is all your strength. He is all your hope. He is everything that you don't have and He wants to be everything that you'll ever need. You look at your life. Some of you are here. You're angry at your situation. You're here. Maybe you're not a Christian. You're angry at your situation. Why is this happening to me? God has to have abandoned me. He's had to have given up on me. And I'm telling you, He didn't. And the proof is that you're here. The proof is that you're here. And everything can change today for you. And all you need to do is, is, is to call out to Jesus, to cry out to Him and to say, Jesus, forgive me for my sins. I, I can't do this on my own. And He's brought this situation into your life so that here you are for the very first time and you see your need for Christ. Because listen, friend, life is hard. And if you try to go through life without the one who made you to have a relationship with Him, yeah, you might have some, some successes here and there, but ultimately, ultimately, after you die, you'll die and you'll stand in front of Him. And if you stand in front of Him, and all in this life you've rejected Him, listen, that's going to be a horrible moment for you. Don't walk into that moment without Jesus. Would you pray with me? Let's pray. God, I thank You 
that's, that, there, that there are times when it just feels as if the reality of life is going to crush us, but in those moments I'm thankful that it won't because Jesus was crushed in our place. God, I thank you that, that for those people who are here and they're Christians and they know you and they've got a relationship with you and they are really hurting right now, there's something in their life that that if they could write the story of their life, they would leave this section out. They would take the eraser on the pencil and they would take this one out because this hurts. But God, I thank you that it's in those times that we can remember this is a test and we're going to come through it more like Jesus. And God, I pray for your people today. I pray for Christians that Jesus, you would give them boldness and strength today to respond to you that for those who are hurting, that they would respond, that they would, that they would say, hey, I, I, I'm, about to give, I'm about to give up. I'm about to throw in the towel. I really need somebody to pray for me. God, I don't want to give up. God, that's me. Mark's describing me. I don't want to give up today. God, give them boldness to respond. God, I pray for people who are here and they're not Christians. God, that today would be the day of their salvation, that Jesus today, people would come to know you for the very first time. They may think that what they need more than anything is to get out of this situation, but, but, but Jesus, would you just tell them that if they get out of this situation with you, it's only worse without you. It's only worse. If they get out of this situation without you and they don't have a relationship with you, it's only worse. What they need more than anything is not to get out of their situation. What they need more than anything is you. So God, I thank you that that today, those people, if they don't know you, if they're not saved, God, those who are here apart from you can have a new beginning and a fresh start, that the broken pieces can begin to be put back together. We don't need to go out and clean ourselves off, keep a bunch of rules. Jesus did the work for us. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I wonder if you're here today and you would say, Mark, I'm a Christian, and you were really talking to me today. I am really going through something right now. Life is hard for me. And I just really need a lot of prayer. Would you just raise your hand right now? Say, Mark, I just need a lot of prayer right now. Would you just lift your hand up? Thank you. God bless you. Hands are going up. Hands are going up all over the room. Here's what I want you to do. I think we've got some people that are going to be there in the back. You guys go ahead. Might need some other volunteers back there. Why don't you go ahead and do that? But if you're here today and you just raised your hand, you'd say, Mark, I'm going through something. Mark, I'm going through something and I just need some prayer. Here's what we want to do. We want to pray for you. We want to pray for you. And so if that's you, if you just raised your hand, or maybe you didn't raise your hand, but you say, you know what, I'm really going through something, and I just need people to pray for me. I don't want to give up. I want to stay in the race. If that's you and you just raised your hand or you didn't raise your hand, here's what I want you to do. I want you to get up out of your seat right now and just go to the back. We've got people there that are waiting to pray for you right now. Okay? You go right now. You go right now. You go right now if that's you. People are moving. Hey, listen, don't be ashamed. If you're here, oh, wow, what will people think of me? They'll think I'm weak. Hey, listen, here's what we think about everybody. Everybody needs Jesus, okay? You're not here in the room today with strong people. You're here in the room today with people who all need help and they need Jesus. So if that's you, if you say, hey, I need prayer about this, go to the back right now. People are going. People are moving. God is on the move. Don't miss out. Some of you, though, you're here and you're not a Christian. Some of you, though, if you stepped into that moment where you stood before Jesus right now, right now if that happened to you, you don't know what would happen to you. you wow, wow, I hope I've been a good enough person. Wow, I hope that I've kept enough rules. Listen, if you could keep enough rules and be a good enough person, Jesus didn't have to come and die for you. 
but he had to because we couldn't pull it off. If you're here today and you know you don't have a relationship with Jesus, but you want to begin a relationship with Jesus, I'm going to count to three and I want you to raise your hand. If you're here today, you say, Mark, I want to start a relationship with Jesus. I don't have one. I want today to be be the day of 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 a second chance, of a new start. Let it be today. I'm going to count to three. As soon as I say three, you raise your hand. One, two, don't wait, don't delay. If that's you and you want to respond to Jesus and give Him your life, you raise your hand. Three, if that's you, raise your hand right now. Anybody in the room, you'd say, I want to give my life to Jesus. You raise your hand really high so that we can see you. God is on the move. Listen, if you want to go to the back and you pray with people, you do that. Let's pray. Let's, let's, let's pray. God, I thank you for what you're doing right now. And God, I pray that as people are moving, as people are seeking prayer, as people are, are seeking help and just encouragement, Jesus, I thank you this is the safe place to do that. The church... Church isn't supposed to be a place where we come and act like we're okay when we're not okay. Church isn't supposed to be a place where we act like we're strong when we're about to throw in the towel. Church is supposed to be a place where broken and needy people come and find a Savior who meets all their needs. Jesus, thank you for that kind of church today. Thank you that that's where we're at. That's what Summit is. And so God, I thank you for what you've done today. God, I thank you for for the step that people have taken. We give you all the glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, let's celebrate what God has done today. Let's be thankful. If you're in the back, you just continue to pray with people. If you want to get up and move and you pray with people, you go ahead and do that. Some of you, though, maybe you just took your very first step in a relationship with Jesus. And here's what I would say to you. If you just did that, if you just gave your life to Christ or you want to begin a relationship with Jesus, I want you to take your Connect card. And I want you to flip it over and there's a box on there that says, I gave my life to Christ. And I want you to take that card and somebody there in the back of the auditorium, give that to them. We've got a free gift for you. We want to help you take the next step in your relationship with Jesus. Because if you just gave your life to Christ today, listen, you didn't finish it. You just started something. You just just started something. So we want to help you take that next step, whatever that next step may be for you. Maybe that next step is, is baptism. Let's get you signed up for Baptism Sunday, February the 26th. Maybe the next step that Jesus is telling you to take is to volunteer to be a part of Summit here. So just flip that card over. You volunteer. You get on the team here at Summit. But maybe here's the next step, and our ushers are going to get ready. We're going to take up the offering. Maybe the next step that you need to take, and we do this every single week at this time. We take up our offering every single week at this time. But maybe the next step that you need to take is God is leading you to give the way that He lays it out in the Bible. See, I don't know if you've been to church before. Maybe you've been to Summit. Maybe it's your first time ever in church. But, but every single week we, we take up an offering. And listen, when we take up the offering, uh, that's not you giving a tip. You know what I mean? You know, uh, the music was okay today. The sermon was sort of all right. So here's a tip. No, see... The offering every single week is just as much worship as singing. It's just as much worship as the sermon because the offering says, God, first and foremost, I am yours. And what God says to do is God says to give back first 10% of what He gives to us. And so maybe today the next step is to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to begin to give the way that God gives me. Get, get, get the way that God gives to me. I'm going to begin to give. I'm going to be a cheerful giver. I'm going to be generous and so maybe that's the step you need to take today but listen as we take up this offering I'm going to pray for the offering and then uh, our guys are going to take that up I'm going to come back out some 
for some final instructions. But I want you to seek God today and worship God with your giving. God's going to use what you give today to change lives. God's going to use what you give today to impact people, and they're never going to be the same. So let's pray today for our offering, all right? Dear Jesus, we worship you in giving because you gave yourself for us. Jesus, we thank you for this time. I pray that you would lead every single man and woman to give as a response of, of who you are out of love and hunger for you, Jesus. We thank you. We love you in your name. Amen. Guys, you go ahead and begin to take up the offering. And I'll be back after we take up our offering. Don't leave. Don't leave uh, for some final instruction, okay? You guys continue to play during the offering. Hey guys, we want to thank you so much for being with us here today at Summit. Have you guys had a good time? Has this been worth it, man? I hope that, hope that God has met with you today. Listen, uh, if you're a first-time guest, don't forget a uh, free gift for you out in the lobby today. And uh, if you're, if, listen, we would love for you to come back next week if you can. Today at 5.30, don't forget Super Bowl party. Uh, if you're bringing food, uh, bringing food. Uh, listen, let's make sure that the Buffalo Wing uh, food group is heavily represented tonight. Praise the Lord for that, all right? Praise the Lord. If we need to, we'll send everybody out and bring more back in. When we get to heaven, there will be buffalo wings. Let's make sure they're represented. Um, so, so that's tonight at 530. Don't miss That's going to be a great time. Uh, let me give you something that was not on the announcement slides that a lot of you have asked about, and you're going to want to write this down. Sunday, February the 19th, we're going to do something we've never done before. Sunday night, 6 o'clock, right here. It's called Discover Summit. Uh, if you've got a church background, you're, you're familiar with the, uh, thinking of church membership, joining a church, being a part officially of that church. Well, we've never done that before, before at Summit, not yet, because we just wanted to give you a little bit, hey, this is what Summit feels like. This is what it's like every single week at Summit to be a part of Summit. Well, we're going to begin uh, formal, uh, what we call partnership at Summit. We don't call it membership. Everything's different around here. Everything's different. Partnership, because here's why. Here's why. Listen, if you're going to be a part of Summit, hey, the vision that we have of this church, be a church for the unchurched, 
de-churched, to start other churches and to change this city, county, region, and world, that's got to be your vision too. And so listen, that's Sunday, February the 19th, right here at the Forum, Discover Summit. If you've got questions about this church, you want to be officially a part of this church right here that Sunday night at 6. It's going to be an awesome, awesome, awesome time, all right? Hey, guys, our band is going to play us out. Let's stand up and sing But as they dismiss us this morning. Love you guys. We're going to see you tonight. See you next Sunday. God bless you. Thanks everybody for coming out. You all have a blessed day. Jesus loves you. See you tonight.